Thank you so much for joining us for our online service. My name is Pastor Tim, and I'm so glad you're with us. And I'm Harriet, and we're so glad that you're with us today online. If this is your first time, we want to say welcome, and we would love if you would fill out our online connect card at lifecc.com just to let us know that you are here with us today. That's awesome. Also, we want to pray for you. We really care about what's going on in your life. So if you would just take a moment today, go to our website, click on the prayer link, give us your prayer request. Our whole staff would love to lift you up in prayer together. Yeah, we love you, church, and we are so glad that you're here. We hope that you enjoy the service today. God bless. Hi, church. Welcome to online church services. I'm so glad you're with us again. And I want you to know, for those that are unable to come to church right now because of the coronavirus situation, I want you to know how much I miss you. Our entire staff misses you. We're continuing to pray for you, and we're just lifting you up, praying that God blesses you, and He sees you through this season. I know some of you feel isolated, feel alone, and we're doing everything we can to lift you up right now, to support you in your place one of the reasons online church is so important because it helps us to be connected, and I'm so glad you're with us today. We love you. I want you to know we're praying for this coronavirus to weaken its stronghold on America, to give more people opportunities to get back out and come to church again. So we love you. Thanks for tuning in. I want to remind you how you can stay connected to us if you are at home or at the office or some other place. You can go to our website. On the top, there's a tab there. It says online church. And then there's some links, and you can go on those links. There's a place that says connection card. You can click on that connection card. If you're new to us, if you're visiting our church online for the first time, go to that connection card. Let us know you're here. There's a place for praise reports and a place for you to share your prayer requests. And that's one way we can stay connected with you. There's also a place for you to share with us if you made a decision to follow Christ. There's a salvation link. And then the last link on there is a place to give. And I want to thank you, church, for your generosity. You've been amazing. I'm so grateful for your generosity. You have helped sustain our church so that we can do both online church, in-person church services. We're launching up our youth ministries. All our kids' ministries are coming back. So many things are happening, and you're making it possible. So I want to thank you for that. Also, I want to let you know that on September the 13th, we are adding a second service to church. I'm excited about that. Our first service that we're having, the only service we're having right now, is really overcrowded now, and so we're excited about adding this next service. We're also adding our kids' ministry in on that second service, and so it's going to create more opportunities for more people to come to church, and that's a good thing. So I want to just keep you aware of that. Hey, I have a testimony with you today. Uh, I'm pretty excited about this one. Uh, the person is speaking, her name is Diana Marquez, uh, also known as Sunny D. If you listen to Life 90.5, she's one of the DJs on there. She's been a part of our church, and she has a great story. I want you to hear her story.
Hi, my name is Diana Marquez, and I've been attending Life Church for about three and a half years now, and I absolutely love this church. I look forward to coming every Sunday, and I've jumped in, and I volunteer, and I greet on Sunday mornings, and I love just seeing all the faces walking in, and the community that I've made by coming to this church. So I have degenerative disc disease, and I had my first back surgery when I was 27 and that was over 20 years ago. I've had four back surgeries since, and through that challenge, I was placed on opiates to deal with my pain. And over time, I wound up becoming addicted to the medication, and it started to consume my life and take me over, and or take over me, I should say. And um, I wound up finding Celebrate Recovery, and it just completely changed my life. And now I have almost five years free and clean from all medications. And God is just using me to help others that are going through the same struggles. He has taken the pain that I've been through and all the suffering, and I've been able to use it for his good and for his glory. And I've been able to come alongside others that have gone through the same struggles or are going through the same struggles that I'm, I've been through and just, you know, share with them how good God is and how he wants us to have that abundant life here on earth, not just in heaven. So I'm able to just use that struggle and help others with it. So my spiritual gifts, I took a, get, a test when I took the class at Life Church, and I learned that I have several spiritual gifts, but two of them that really stand out are evangelism and mercy. And as far as evangelism goes, God has blessed me with a job where I'm able to reach many, many people over the airwaves at Life 90.5, and I'm just able to talk about God's goodness and share how much He loves people and that we're never too far gone. And just through my testimony and what He's done with me, I've been able to evangelize and point people to Christ, and it's been an absolute blessing. And as far as mercy goes, I have a huge heart. I have an empath heart, and I just really have a heart for the broken and the less fortunate. And I've even started a ministry on Saturdays on air called No Walls Worship, where I play songs and give devotionals for the inmates in the vicinity that are listening to the station. And God has really used that to reach those people, to remind them that they aren't forgotten, that they are loved, and that they can turn their lives around even in there. So one of the biggest things that I try to share in my walk is to tell people to love God and love others. And that it's not just about loving the ones that are lovable, but the ones that are unlovable as well, because that's what Jesus did and that's what we're called to do. What I would want to say to somebody that's going through struggles is that the enemy loves to keep us in isolation. That's his favorite place to have us because then he can kind of break us down and put thoughts in our minds and make us feel less than. But getting together with other people that share your struggles is so freeing and so healing. And we're meant to have fellowship. That's what we're meant to do. We're not meant to do life alone. So I would encourage you to just reach out to somebody and find a safe place or a safe person that you can talk to and start gaining that freedom that God wants you to have. Because we are meant to have an abundant life here on earth, not just in heaven. If it's probable in heaven, it's possible on earth.
Come on, church, would you give her a clap, maybe online, put praise hands on the comment section. So grateful for her story. Sonny D, you're an amazing servant of the Lord. I'm so blessed to hear your story, how you overcame that addiction from your back surgery. I'm also impressed with you that you live out your faith in your job. You bring heaven to earth where you work. Amazing job. I love also that you are plugged in church and you serve so well. And what I want to do is to remind all of our church that we need you to be like Sunny D and to get involved in church. She found out what her spiritual gift was. She plugged in church. And so as we get ready to add this second service, we're going to need more people involved in ministry. And so there's a place on the website. You can go and click the link for serving and you can let us know that you're ready to get involved and start serving in church. So we hope you'll do that. We look forward to seeing more of you in church. But what a great story. Thank you, Sonny D. God bless you. Hey, I want to just slow this down for a minute, take us to prayer, and jump into our message today. So Father, we love you. Use this service, use this message to strengthen us. Help us to get... Um, a new revelation of what you're doing in our world, in our life. Uh, Lord, use this to, to build our faith. And so, Father, we love you. We do pray against the coronavirus. Uh, we ask that you would weaken its strength. Father, we pray for those who are at need to stay home, that you would continue to be with them and strengthen them. We love you, Lord. You're amazing, God. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, so church, we're in this series called Heaven on Earth. And our desire is to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth, and God wants to work through us. The Bible verse that we've used to, to launch this series is out of Matthew chapter 6, 9, and 10. It says, this is how you should pray. It says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Everything in our life, our prayer life, and every action, should be focused on bringing that which exists in heavenly realms into the places and spaces that we work, the places we shop, the places we play. When you go to the coffee shop, wherever you go, we carry the kingdom of heaven within us and we should make a difference everywhere we go. And how long should we do this? We should do it until the Lord returns. That's our commission. And that sets up my sermon title today, my title today is Until He Comes. As believers, our calling is to be Christ's ambassadors until He comes. We are to represent heaven on earth until He comes. Now, He's either going to come for me in a personal way, hopefully years down the road, way down the road, many, many years, He's going to come for me and He's going to take me to heaven. There will be a day that I pass from this earthly life and I move into an eternal life. I like to think of it like this, that I am on the earthly team, and He is getting ready to draft me into the heavenly team one day. I consider myself a first-round draft pick, just like you. But one day, He will transfer us. We will move from this life to the next. Also, though, until He comes, is talking about the fact that there will be a day that He comes back and he concludes God's final plan for, for our current disposition of life on earth. There will be a time when he comes back, and we should stay 
active until he comes bringing heaven to earth. All right, so what I want to do is just take a minute and share with you why I'm preaching about until he comes. There's some background that I've been kind of processing, and I think it's important for you to understand the reason for today's message. And so what's been happening as for me is I've been looking at 2020 and trying to find some biblical interpretations about what is going on in our culture, what is going on in our world. And because of so many unusual types of events that are happening so fast in our world, it has caused me to kind of ask the question, Lord, is this the end times? Are we in the end times? And with just so much chaos that's happening, I've been wondering that. There's just been this rapid escalation and collision of crises that are happening in our world. And you're aware of them, but it began back in like February, March with coronavirus. And that puts so much pressure on our country around the world. Right now, the pressure is on our education system that's trying to figure out how do we do some, some of our students in person and some of our students online? How do teachers teach in two different places? And how do they wear shields and, and try to teach in our administrative systems? Uh, there's pressure on our students, pressures on parents trying to figure out how to parent and work. It's, it's a lot of pressure. That's one of the things happening. In our world currently, there's a ton of political division that's in our country. We have two political parties that are really opposite in how they want to, to uh, legislate our country. There's currently in our country colliding with all these other things, social division, there's racism, there's hate happening. Also at the same time, there's rioting, there's looting, and there's destruction, there's chaos in some of the streets around the city. We know we've been through economic uh, crisis because of all that's going on. And then we have the environmental crisis that's happening. And all this has happened in just how many months? Just a few months. We've had earthquakes. We've had a hurricane. And even over in Africa, they're dealing with a locust plague that is representative of what, they, what we read about in biblical times. I read online that this is the worst plague Africa has seen with locusts in over 75 years. And something happened in 2019 with the weather, weather patterns that allowed the locusts to have three breeding cycles in one season and nothing killed them off. And so now there's three times the locusts and it said somehow in their competition for food they became like super locusts and like they, they're like, you know, like got extra muscles and they're destroying uh, vegetation all over Africa. What a mess. All that's happening. What else is going on? We're seeing sin is being exposed around the world and in America in some despicable places. Read about Epstein and what he has done at the island that he has, that there's been sexual exploitations there. It's been nicknamed Pedophile Island. That's been exposed as there have been people traveling down there for years to be a part of that. We've seen human trafficking being exposed. We're seeing violence on the rise. Sin is rampant. We see religious freedoms being taken away. 
religious freedoms in, in the churches in California. They have been forced to close and threatened of arrest if they meet in person. And so all this is going on, and I'm just looking at 2020, and I'm like, this is a lot for us to think about and deal with in such a short amount of time. God, are you speaking? Are you trying to tell us something through, of this, through all of this? And so the question I began asking is, are these the signs of end times? Are we there? Are we knocking on the door of end times? And so what I want to do is take just a few minutes, unpack a biblical view of end times, of end times, and then show us four responses that we as a church can have to this conversation we're having about end times. So first of all, let me begin with, when is Jesus returning? When's he coming back? Well, I want to take us to the book of Revelation for just a moment because Jesus speaks about his return in the very last chapter of the last book in the Bible. He says this in Revelation 22.7. He says, I am coming soon. He says in verse 12, again, he said, I am coming soon. He says in verse 20, one more time, he says, I am coming soon. So Jesus said he's coming soon. Does that mean like the next week kind of soon? Or is that in 500 years kind of soon? Well, we don't know. That's why the Bible tells us in Matthew 24, 36, it says no one knows the day or the hour when these things will happen. Not even the angels know. Not even the Son of God knows. Only the Father knows. So we don't know if Jesus is coming next week, we don't know the exact timing. We just know that Jesus said He is coming soon. But Jesus didn't leave us without some clues of knowing when the end time was coming. He gave us some ideas. He gave us some signs. He pointed to different signs that would alert us that we are approaching and coming closer sooner to the end times. And so I want to take us to the book of Matthew chapter 24. We're going to start in verse 3, and it begins to talk about how we know the signs of the end times. And so in verse 3, it says that Jesus sat down on the Mount of Olives, and he was with his disciples. They came to him privately, and they said, tell us when all of this will happen. What sign will signal your return and the end of the world? Now, I think it's a great question. Honestly, that's kind of the question I'm asking Jesus right now. I, I honestly, I'm kind of like one of the disciples. If I could, I would like to kind of get close to Jesus for just a moment. And I would like to kind of say, hey, uh, I have a question for you, Jesus. 2020, this is it, right? <laughs> I mean, that's why I would probably approach it. Like, obviously, like all that's going on, we're probably there, right? I would probably say, hey, you can trust me. I won't tell anybody. I probably would tell somebody because I would get on here and tell you. But, um, but listen, we don't know what it is. Only some signs that will let us know. And so let's take us to some of those signs. In verse 4, Jesus told them as a way of understanding when He will return. He said, he, he said don't let anyone mislead you. For many will come in My name claiming I am the Messiah and they will deceive many. So what he was talking about is specifically at that moment that he knew that he would be dying on the cross, he would be buried, resurrected, and then he would ascend to the Father. Immediately after he ascended to the Father, there were many that came along and tried to, 
to be a false prophet, pretend they were the Christ, and he did not want them to be fooled with these false prophets. That came to pass, but there's also been from that point on other false prophets and others claiming to have some unique power, some unique gifting, and we should not be lured away from our one true Savior. His name is Jesus Christ. We also know that there will be a day when there will be one that appears that will be more vile and full of evil than anyone has ever imagined. And he will deceive many because of his charm and he will be the Antichrist. It's possible that he could appear any day soon. It's possible. I believe the world stage is set for the Antichrist to come. I believe we've seen a... Um, a deep degradation of people's hearts towards God, preparing a world that would actually receive the, um, the, the deception of one to claim they were an antichrist. It could happen any day. But Jesus said, don't be fooled, don't be deceived by that. Now in Matthew 24, verse 6, Jesus continues with these signs. And He says, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. But see to it that you are not alarmed. I want you to note that phrase for just a moment. See to it that you're not alarmed. I'm going to jump back to that a little later in my message. So Jesus said though, He said, you will hear of wars and rumors of war, but see to it that you're not alarmed. Such things must happen, but the end is still to come. In other words, that's not the only thing that's going to happen before the end comes. He said, nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places all of these are the beginning of birth pains, beginning of end times. And so we can look at this and go, have we seen wars? Of course we've seen wars. There have been wars for, for centuries and wars that are still ongoing. Have we seen nations rising against nations? Of course, yes. Have we seen famines? Yes. Right now in Africa, they're dealing with a famine because of locusts. I even think a worldwide pandemic of the virus is a, is a type of famine in our in our world? Have we seen earthquakes? Yes. These are all signs that point us to know that we are drawing closer to an end time. Jesus continues with the signs. He says in verse 9, He says, then you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed. So encouraging, huh? You'll be arrested, persecuted, and killed. You'll be hated all over the world because you are my followers. In California, currently, they're dealing with persecution. They are threatening to arrest pastors who hold in-person services for more than like 15 people, 25 people. That's persecution. It's happening. If it wasn't for a judge in North Carolina, we would be under the same kind of order given by our governor that we would not be able to meet. There is persecution but I think there's also some greater persecutions happening around the world. I was reading about persecution in the year of 2019, and I read that over 4,000 people were killed as a result of them being followers of Christ. They were beheaded, they were, they were tortured, they were killed, 4,000 people in 2019. I'm, I'm uh, logged into a website that gives me headlines of of world news from a Christian perspective. And just this week, these were the headlines. Just this week, in one week, it said that a Christian teacher 
in Syria is facing execution after refusing to give up her school to an Islamist group. Another headline read, Hindu extremists beat a handicapped pastor for following Christ. That's just this week. The next headline said, Chinese security officials raid a mom's group affiliated with a house church. That persecution was just this week. The next headline said, four Iranian converts face years in prison for participation in a house church. That's just this week. There is persecution going on around the world. Now, in our current place, we live in Wilmington. We live in the South. We live uh, in an amazing place of the United States where we certainly have more freedoms and religious liberties than most other places in the world. I thank God for that. Honestly, I kind of probably, we all probably live in a bubble of persecution. The worst we get is someone criticizing us on Facebook. Kind of laughable when you see what's going on around the world. Persecution is happening. Jesus also said as another sign, He said in verse 10, He said, many will turn away from Me and betray and hate each other. Many will turn away from Him, betray and hate one another. Have you seen any hate in our world? Well, check that box. Of course, we've seen plenty of hate. Next, Jesus said in, in verse 12, He said, sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold. So sin will be rampant all over the world. And the love of many, it's going to grow colder and colder and colder. I was reading statistics in, in, on a website that, that is talking about how many people in America are Bible-believing Christians. They identify as Bible-believing Christians. And it said back in the 1950s, almost 80% of America identified themselves as a born-again Bible-believing Christian. Today, that statistic only, you know, what, 60, 70 years later has now dropped down to way below 50% of America identifies as a Bible-believing Christian. And in that number included Mormons, it included Christians, basically anybody that had ever, you know, mom ever took them to, taken them to church, they counted them as that number. What's even more alarming about that number than that less than 50% is it said that a very small percentage of that 50%, somewhere around 4% of that 50% actually participated in going to church on a weekly basis. 4% of the 50% go to church, read their Bibles. Less than that ever gave any money to the kingdom of God. The statistics are a little bit alarming, but it bears to note that the love of many has been growing cold even in America but lastly, Jesus said this. This will be a sign. In verse 14, He said, the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. The good news will be preached throughout the whole world to all the nations. They will all hear it. And He says, and then the end will come. Well, that's good news. I would say that with our current position of technology and satellites, that we're positioned to be able to take the good news of Christ to any place around the world. If it hasn't already happened, it could happen any moment that every person on the globe could hear the message about Jesus Christ. So I bring all this to you to say that according to Scriptures and prophecy, everything appears to be fulfilled that is predicted in Scriptures for the end time to come, for Jesus to return. 
I think the Bible is pretty clear through some of this that most, if not all, of this has happened, and we really could be towards the end. We could be nearing the end. And so the question is, is this 2020, or is this the final chapter in the book of Revelations? Are we there? Have we made it to that point? Is this the end? Has 2020 done it? Is this the wrap-up? Is this the end? And so I just want to kind of give you my final answer on that. I want you to know how I feel. Are we at the end? Have we reached the place in 2020 that Jesus is coming back soon? And here's my answer. Maybe. <laughs> it's a terrible answer, I know. But we don't know. No one knows. It's just a solid maybe. I'm, I'm solid on that. We don't know. We don't know if He's coming back soon, tomorrow soon, next week, next year, we don't know. But we do know that the Scriptures have been fulfilled and He really could come back soon. So how do we interpret this that He could come back really soon? How do we handle that? What's, what's our response to that? And so first let me say to you that I believe the signs of these times, the signs that are happening in, in our world and our culture are reminders for us to stay vigilant in our walk with God, to be vigilant until He comes, to, to, be, to, to be vigilant, to be all about the kingdom of God until He comes. There are signs, there are reminders to us. All this is going on. So He really could be coming soon. It really could be near since all has been fulfilled. Let me generalize a thought here. I think that most people are somewhat procrastinators in order to get something done. I'll give you an example and how it ties to this. Let's make an assumption that you want to become a real estate agent and you know you have to pass a final test to get your license. But you've decided you're not going to take that test for about two more years before you become a licensed real estate agent. And so if your test isn't for about two more years, you're probably not going to spend a lot of time studying and preparing until you get about six months out. When the final is nearly here, you'll probably pick up the pace in your studying. Well, I think that a lot of people need to hear that the, that the um, end times could be soon because sometimes I think we procrastinate in our walk with God because we don't have any sense of, of time that He could be coming back soon. We should see these current events in 2020 as reminders that the end is near, that it could be near. It's possible. It could be getting closer. And so here's how I like to approach it like this. We, we learned that Jesus said, don't be alarmed at such things. Like, don't live in fear about such things. We should have a sense of urgency, but not a sense of an emergency about end times. A sense of urgency, not emergency. We don't need to be sitting around worried about end times. We don't need to be, uh, you know, freaking out. We don't need to be, be like, um, you know, storing up, you know, ammunition. Uh, we, we don't need to be storing up canned goods and, you know, digging bunkers and like that. That's just crazy stuff. That's just crazy. You don't need to live in an emergency mindset. You don't need to live in any kind of panic. But because end times could be soon, I think there's a place for us to live with urgency. And so I want to give you four urgencies that we should live with knowing that he could be coming soon. So four urgencies. Number one, urgency. I need urgency in my walk with God. I need urgency there. I need to consider the fact that, that He is coming soon. There, there is a day that He's going to wrap all this up. I want to be ready. 
I want, to, I want my flame of my heart to be burning for the Lord. I don't want that Scripture where it said that the love of many, the love of God will grow cold. I don't want to be lukewarm in my walk with God. I want to have a passionate, a, a, you know, a, a hand-raising, Bible-reading, passionate worshiper, lover of God. That's who I want myself to be, who I want you to be. The Bible says in, in Matthew 24, it says this in verse 42. It says, therefore keep watch because you do not know what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let his house be broken into. So you must also be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect Him. Uses an illustration of an owner of a house. And if he knew at what time a thief was coming, he would be up prepared to defend his house. We need to be ready. We need to be in a position that whenever our Savior comes, He finds us and He says, well done, good and faithful servant. I think just the thought through 2020, all that's going on, rather than that being something depressing to us, we see it as signs that are saying to us, be reminded that He could come soon and use that as a motivation to serve the Lord all the more. All the more. Urgency. Urgency in my walk with God. The second urgency that I see for the church is that we need an urgency in my participation in church. An urgency in my participation in church. I've said it, I'll keep saying it, but the church is essential for our worship and our walk with God. In Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10, 25, it says, let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of His return is drawing near. And so the, the Scripture is teaching us that we should not neglect we should not lower the priority of coming to church and, and engaging and being involved in church. We need it all the more. But it also says, though, especially now that His return is drawing near. We must prioritize our participation in the face of persecution. We must prioritize our participation even in a season of virus. Uh, even when it's more comfortable to be at home. We need to think about, is this my season to come back to church, to not neglect the house of God? I think the church ought to be packed today with people. Now, I'm not including you if you have, have health reasons to not be here. You are supposed to engage right where you are. I applaud you. We will never quit reaching out and ministering to you online. But there are others who can come and need to come back to church. That's why we're opening up this second service to open the doors wide so that we can minister to more people. We don't want to neglect coming together. It's important. Church is essential. That's why we're opening up our children's ministry to try to help more families. I think that um, once we open up this second service, I wouldn't be surprised that if we don't pack it out, and, and the reason we're packing it out, by the way, is we're doing social distancing seating and and just so you'll know, we're doing all the practices to keep everyone safe. 
When you get here, we do temperature checks to make sure there's no fevers going on. Uh, we wear a mask down the hallway before we get to our seats. Once you get to a seat, you are social distance away from other people. So you're free to come and feel as safe as we possibly can. Of course, there's always some risk. There's risk to everything. But we want you to know that we are packing out one service. We're overcrowded. We're adding the second service. I anticipate it's going to get crowded. And I'll tell you, I'm ready to add the third service and the fourth service as soon as we get crowded. We are going to make participation in church an urgency in our life. It's amazing. Church is essential. It is. Amen. All right, number three. What are we having an urgency for? Urgency in praying for our nation. It's a season. We need to pray for our nation. I think there's an urgency on that. The Bible says in Psalm 33, 12, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. I want our great USA to be blessed. I do. I want a blessed nation. But there's no guarantee that, that the blessings on our nation will remain if we turn our hearts from the Lord. And as a church, as a Christian community beyond our church and the churches, we need to pray for our nation. We need to pray for our leaders. We need to pray for the election coming up. We need to pray for people to turn their hearts back to God. We need to pray for the churches in our nation to rise up with boldness and be able to declare the good news of Christ. We need to pray for our nation. I want to let you know that on, on uh, Wednesday, September 2nd, we're having a prayer drive through at the Activity Center, First Baptist Activity Center. It's going to be at 7 p.m. I'm inviting you to come through the drive through We're going to pray for you but I'm also going to give you a handout, a prayer guide on how to pray for our nation because I think it's important that we pray for our nation. I want you to take those prayer guides home. I want you to put them on the refrigerator and I want you to pray that the kingdom of heaven will come into our nation through your prayer life. And so I want you to come to the prayer drive through to pick that up as well. Now lastly today, the fourth urgency is that we need to have an urgency for reaching the lost. The reality is that for those of us who, who know the Lord, we have a, a bright expectation of Him coming back. There's, a, there's an excitement about that glorious day when the Lord returns. We live in no fear of His return because He's coming to reward His children. And we're part of that reward if you know Him. What a day that will be. It's amazing. That's why the Bible says in that last verse I read in Revelation 22, 20, this is the very next last verse of the Bible, but it says, He who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming. And I like John and the author of this. He wrote, Amen, come Lord Jesus. Like that's our response to Him coming. That's a response to us hearing that He's coming soon. We say, Amen, Lord, come. Come soon because it'll be amazing when we meet the Lord. Come, Lord Jesus. But for those who do not know Jesus as their Savior, when He comes, the Bible says in Matthew 25, 46, they will go away to eternal punishment. The righteous to eternal life. It's a sobering thought, but it gives us a lot of purpose in this season we're in today. Our commission 
is to reach the lost until He comes. Our commission is to establish heaven on earth until He comes. We have plenty of work to do. I think the church needs a little urgency today. We don't need to live in an emergency. We don't need to live in a panic. We don't need to be freaking out about end times. But we definitely need to have a sense of urgency. We want to be urgent. We want to have a passion for God, an urgency in our walk with God. We need an urgency in our participation in church. We need an urgency in our prayers for our nation. We need an urgency to reach the lost. Amen, church. Well, I hope this helped you today. I hope it helped you find some, some maybe some uh, interpretation, understanding of 2020, how we respond to it. I believe God's moving. I believe the best days are still ahead for the church. It doesn't matter how dark our world gets, the light of God will grow brighter and brighter. So, church, the best is yet to come. But we need an urgency to step into what God's called us to do and help establish heaven on earth. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for this church. I thank you for Life Church. I thank you, Lord, that you're doing such amazing things in this house, God. I thank you that we are walking out these this season of 2020 with, with hope in you, with, with even a sense of urgency to, to serve you with our whole hearts, God. Father, if there are people that are listening in that have not been serving you wholeheartedly, would you use this message today just to, to remind us that we want to be passionate for you. God, for those that are able to return to church, God, I pray that you would give them the confidence, the, the, the strength to, to come back in and be part of the house here, Lord. Father, I pray for our nation, God. Lord, we pray you would save our nation. We need you in our nation, God. Father, we pray for the lost, Lord. Help us to make a difference in the lives of people around us that we may win the loss to you. We love you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen, church. Amen, church. I love you so much. And I want to just close with a declaration. And let me just say this over you. If you're at your seat, just kind of park yourself. Let me declare this over you. I love this declaration. I declare you a part of a growing community of Christians who worship God and help others find life in Jesus. You will go with courage and return with honor. You are a light to this world, and all who meet you this week will be blessed because you are a child of God. God bless you, church. Have a great day.